Uh, Whoa! Uh, I'm trying to see if I can hear myself now. Okay. I can. All I right. I can hear you too. That's a great sign. Welcome to the show! It's time to just turn this way up. Get nuts! Yeah! All right, any more and we'd have to pay for it. <laughs> That's a yeah. joke because we already pay for it. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? It's going all right. Welcome to the show. I'm, I'm uh, Jeff. He's Ben. Uh, we're here doing the show. We're here doing the show. That's right. Questions are already flowing in over here, Jeff. That's right. We've got a ton here. Why don't we um, uh, Why don't we just get into it uh, right away here? One from a Carpe DMT who says, have you ever tasted your own pee even a little bit? Don't lie. No. I can just say with almost utter certainty... Unless like a little bit got on a hand and then that transferred to a food at like hours later. I'm going to say never deliberately. Yeah. There's never been splashed back that hard. Um, like, but but I'm, I'm certain something must have. I, I feel like something must have happened somewhere along the way. You just said so much yet so little. Yeah. Uh, I feel. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it's some. Yeah. Like you were saying, like a hand transfer to mouth. Something fucking bad must have happened. I feel like at some point someone I, I must have accidentally tasted my own pee at some point along the way. You don't make it this many years in without having at least had that happen. Yeah, that's right. I think. Uh, but I, I guess I couldn't really I couldn't really say. Um yeah, so I don't know. We're here. That's uh, that's follow on from the giant bomb cast this week, where uh, a lot of a lot of pee, synthetic and otherwise, was discussed. Android P was uh, talked about today at Google I/O. What uh, the the upcoming oh. revision of Android? Yeah, they were finally getting the P right. Oh yeah, you're gonna taste that P. <sighs> you will taste it. What if they just you know how they name all the versions after like fancy. Sweets, yeah. What are they on? P. Yeah. What if it's just piss? Yep. And that'd be. Uh, I I would uh, consider buying an Android, Android phone piss. at that point if they just like <laughs> lean into like, hey, look, guys, we get it. The world is filthy now. We, it, weird. We couldn't think of a single good pea dessert. So uh, yeah. And pudding, you know, uh, you know it was like, eh, it's boring. Like, it could be savory. Yeah. That'd be confusing and, for foreign markets. And there's like some people have like a poop connotation with, with pudding. So like yeah. a pants pudding sort of thing. And so. with all the news about pee tapes, it just that makes... Pee is very hot right now. You know, I'm going to say it, Jeff. I really had to hold back on making a joke about the pee tape during the giant bomb cast. But since this is the after show, I feel like I can, can kind of let loose. Oh, yeah. Slip your shoes off. Let's talk about urine. <laughs> I want to keep my shoes on if we're talking about urine. Okay, fine. Uh, I guess I, guess I have to be able to go at a moment's notice. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's probably a, a safe bet here. Uh, we've got a, a question uh, here from a Brinty here. Uh, the first question I've seen there is uh, so the Nintendo the NES stuff on the Bombcast. Uh, in in the light of that, have you ever messed with retro achievements? That does the leaderboard stuff. I have that stuff is fascinating. It's uh, emulator. They it's, so I actually looked into the retro retro achievements was developed or, or the current maintainer of it is someone who works at a studio. Uh, I believe Sumo Digital, like doing doing stuff like that, uh, kind of a separate project, personal time type stuff, not affiliated with the studio. There, I'm sure. Um, 
but uh, yeah, they've uh, they've coded uh, achievements into old games that are running via emulator and also leaderboards and stuff like that. It's kind of cool. Um, and I feel like that Nintendo should be doing that stuff kind of as a minimum in a, in a way, yeah. you know, just like, Hey, why don't we do Things some leaderboards? Why don't we do some cool stuff around the edges? Like achievements, maybe not like their position on achievements. I feel like I don't agree with it, but I at least see where they're coming from. And I guess maybe they haven't even addressed it in, in a lot of years, but their original thing when, when the 360 came out and achievements started happening, uh, their whole thing, it was like a very, yeah, it, you know, they were like, oh, we think the games should be fun enough and be their own reward. Which I always took as this like, <laughs> kind of like, okay, well, yeah, if you're not going to... It's about the journey, not yeah, the destination. Like, all right, sure. I guess that's a decent um, way to answer this question about this thing that you clearly don't have interest slash time slash skill to do. Um, why not? Sure. Uh, and all, honestly, like uh, achievements for emulated games oftentimes feel... Um, not all the time, depending on the game, depending on, uh, you know, who takes the time to do that sort of stuff. Um, but, uh, sometimes they're just very numbers focused, you know, because that's the, the easier thing to do, uh, is to, to focus on like, oh, you got to this level without, with, was still having three lives. Cause yeah. it's easy to look for the number three. Um, anyway, I don't know. Um, let's see here. Uh, Dr. Odds says, I've been playing through the Call of Juarez games and it got me thinking, why have there been so few Western genre games? Westerns. I feel like Westerns just kind of diminished in popularity. Like, you don't not see as, as, many, as movies. many movies. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just not, it, like, the Westerns, <laughs> Westerns don't happen the same way they used to in, in, in all of culture. So I'm not surprised that it's not like a furtive, like, a, it's a, you know, there, there aren't like a ton of of western themed games these days and it's like the thing i mean like the guns are kind of boring by modern st- like there's a lot of things about western life that just kind of sucked yeah and so it's hard like to, the guns were bad yeah it's hard to put that into a game and have it be fun yeah yep i would Agreed. love i would love and hope maybe we get this in Red Dead 2. There, I've never played a good train robbery game. Uh, like, I want it to be multi-part. Like, first of all, you have to get to the train. Like, yeah. you're fighting off, like, I don't know, whatever. Where are you, like, on horseback? Yeah, like, you're on right? horseback. And, yeah. like, maybe they have some protection, like, on later missions or whatever. Yeah. But, and then you once you get on the train, you have to work your way through the cars. And There's an arcade game that that is, like, a you on horseback riding alongside a train that I remember being okay. Okay. But not really a full on heist game. It was more of just like run to the right or horse ride to the right and shoot everybody. That's my favorite Western shit. So yeah. Train shit. Yeah. Yeah. You ever see uh good, the bad and the weird. Maybe. I don't it's know. The Korean, uh, no. cowboy movie. No, I did not. Fairly good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, you know, like gun came out and was not great. Uh, Red Dead Revolver came out, and I remember people liking that at the time. But... Was that the kind of shooter, like shooting gallery? No, no that no. was a Call of Red Dead Revolver. Is the first Red Dead game? Oh, okay, uh, was it Call of Juarez that came out with a shooting gallery kind of on rails shooter that was supposed to be really good? Or brother, I don't know. I there, yeah. I think Gunslinger is the Call of Juarez game that people talk about as being like weirdly good. 
uh, for a, for a Western game, but for a Call of Juarez game, which those games had not necessarily been swervy in any way, but they they definitely did some uh, they definitely did some stuff uh, with that one that made it kind of stand out. I don't know. I think those got delisted. Uh, Ubisoft, I think, took them down recently as like part of some like rights um, moving back to Techland or, or something like that. So I don't know what the status of that stuff is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like a Western, like I'm, I'm the guy who's definitely just like, I don't think Western video games have been outstanding unless you look at law of the West, which is just a text adventure almost, uh, and less of a action game or something like that. Sunset riders is good. Yeah. But like, doesn't really lean into, no, you know, (laughs) you have a spread shot. Yeah. I mean, you push the button and bullets come out every time. It's never like now I have to reload this revolver and it's a very time consuming process and boy, guns came a long way and this is not a fun video game thing. Um, like that sort of, that's the sort of stuff that always kind of pushes me away from just the genre when it comes to, uh, representing it in a video game. Um, you want to take a call here? Yeah, let's take a call. All right. Let's take a call from a caller we have on the line. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello, this is D from Portland. Hello. What's on your mind? I was calling because I remember the old games used to have really weird copy protection, like the old SSI games I know had like a code wheel. Uh, But one of my personal favorites was Quest for Glory 2, which you had to buy a map to navigate the city in that game, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't buy the map that could tell. Hello? Change your money, and then you could go back and buy the map. So... I was curious, what ridiculous copy protection methods did you was your favorite back in the day? Uh, my favorite. Thanks for your call. Um, I think for me, it's just you know the, like the code wheels. I thought were really cool uh, because it was just like okay, line up this symbol, this symbol, and this symbol, and then and then type in this number, and that's how you get through it. Because I thought the code wheels were just neat little things. Um, the stuff that was like what's word forty two on like that stuff was always a little less interesting uh, to me. Um, Zach McCracken and the alien Mindbenders came with a big fold out piece of very dark red paper that had black print on it that was designed to be hard to photocopy. Um, because it was just like, you know, you, you had to really, like, I had to like look in the glare of the page to really even kind of read it at all. Um, and, and it was just hard to fucking read. It was a hassle, but it was at least somewhat effective until color copiers became, you know, more prevalent, uh, I guess. Color printers, that sort of stuff used to not be within the reach of the modern person. Um, and so when color printers and stuff like that got good, I think it kind of became a little bit easier to defeat. I actually copied, uh, you know, not to admit to a crime here. Uh, I copied three times in one day. Yeah, uh, Neuromancer for the Commodore 64 had a code wheel and uh, my cousin had it and copied it and took the wheel apart. Actually, no, we didn't even take the wheel apart. That would have been the smart thing to do is take the wheel apart and then photocopy each part of it and put it back together and then put together your printout and cut out all the holes and, and do that. Instead, we just took like 12 photocopies or 20 photocopies of the wheel in every possible position and then I had just had a printout of the wheel. <laughs> I could flip through it and be like, okay, this symbol, like I had them in an order that was, that you could still uh, use it. Um, 
And that was kind of cool. Um, Fisk Zero says some Commodore 64 games use the internal CPU of the disk drive for copy protection stuff, making them really hard to emulate until recently. Yeah, so I, let's just keep going down this fucking rabbit hole. I had a thing called the RAM board, capital R A M B O, erd. Oh. And the RAM board was something you installed into the disk drive of a Commodore 64. Uh, that kind of got in the way of that that uh, that CPU and and got in the middle of that whole process, uh, allowing you to copy some games that were otherwise very difficult to copy. Um, and there was one such the, the RAM board had a a dial on it, I believe, or, or there were different versions of it that had a, a dial uh, that you would turn down the speed of the drive, and at low speed the discs would copy. Uh, whereas at normal speed, they would not. It was a very weird thing. I still have a 1571 drive with that RAM board in it. I don't know what I would even do with it these days. It worked with a uh, software called Maverick, and they had parameters, and you would get new parameters disks. And the parameters disks were like, here are the things that configured the copier to copy your game. So it was like a you would you would load the parameters and it would be like a list of games. And you'd go like, I'm Airborne Ranger, side one. Here's what we're doing. And it would go like, cool, we know how to do that. And it would just do it. Um, which was like a silly thing that I barely ever used, honestly. But it was a, it was a cool, because I, I didn't know enough other people that owned Commodores to make that worthwhile. But it was still a cool idea. Yeah. Hmm. Got another call over there? I have another caller, indeed. All right. <clears throat> And uh, we're just going to go ahead and talk to them right now. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello, it's Adam calling from Reading, England. Hi, Adam. What's on your mind? Uh, just wanted if you could give some advice to break into the games industry. That's a joke. Uh, can you imagine? Um, actually, <laughs> um, I've been playing a lot of Splatoon 2 recently, um, which is really, really incredible music, and but also like a great fake gibberish language. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just wondering what your favorite fake gibberish language is in a game. Oh, wow. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, thanks for your call. Yeah, I, I think Splatoon does it really well. Yeah, uh, the, the language and the, yeah, the music. Because it's, like, it's rhythmic with their music. It, like, yeah. the way they speak match the way the music yeah. kind of plays. You know? Like, it, it's almost like retro, record scratching over the beats of the music. It's yeah. neat. I always thought the, the, the voice stuff in Banjo-Kazooie was fun. Oh, yeah. Um, but actually, I would probably say Animal Crossing is weirdly good because it's like they're kind of they're kind of pronouncing it but kind of not and may i i can't tell if i'm just fucking crazy but sometimes it sounds like they're saying that shit but like in a way that like it looks like they're like the letters are just being read but they don't always have the right inflection or the right pronunciation it's just taking the letters and kind of just doing a thing that sometimes lines up and sometimes sounds like nonsense um but is sometimes really beautiful. I don't know. Like sometimes it works out. Um, I feel like Simlish is an obvious one. I think that's the best, like actually sounds like real language, fake language. Yeah. You can tell they spent money on that shit. Yeah. Uh, in, in ways that like are bizarre, but also like, I, well, I don't know that I like Simlish that much because it's, it's not, it's not fun enough. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's only technically not speech, but it's so close to it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not. And and it, it's like if the adult talking stuff from Charlie Brown was just a little more fleshed out. Exactly. Uh but also like when they started doing stuff where like oh we brought in 
Adele or who I don't know whoever the fuck they brought in and then they sang a song they did a version of their song in Simlish really yeah and it's just like man fuck you yeah. <laughs> that stuff's always just been like it's oh. too much of a thing now at this point when like yeah it was novel at one at one point it, it was yeah uh yeah um let's see do you have something down there I can. I saw. I saw somebody ask in the chat yeah. if I heard or saw what happened at Smash Summit Six. Is a big, you know, yearly Smash tournament, mm-hmm. and I actually watched it for the first time. I, I haven't watched competitive Smash in I don't know, oh, maybe a year or like when I, whenever I last talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. But it was a really cool tournament because there were just like tons of upsets, tons of people you wouldn't expect to see beating other people. Like it felt fresh for the first time like different characters in the mix or uh different like younger player mostly like okay. players on the come up and and a guy who who is famous for playing yoshi like doing really well for himself it was cool it, it was refreshing to see that it still wasn't the same static top six as top six yeah. um that's cool yeah. um yeah let me let me see what else i got here uh Uh, are you interested in the Blaze Blue Cross, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle? Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested as well. It's, it's a bummer about the DLC thing, but yeah. at least they were upfront about it. It, it. You know, and they're not. I don't know. They're not selling like endless weird, questionable season passes. They're right. just like, hey, we're gonna have this many characters as DLC. Yeah, I hope you like it. Uh, Sir Demos writes in and says, Chrome's rollout of blocking autoplay videos has broken a lot of HTML5 games. Uh, do you think this will make Google attempt to fix this issue, or is the issue of aggressive advertising bad enough that the solution needs to be potentially overreaching? Uh, I think that at minimum, they will allow you to opt in to like, oh, allow autoplay videos on this website or whatever, and and that people will be able to correct it that way. I assume that that's already the case, that you can say, yes, I want to see the videos auto playing on this domain or or whatever and kind of opt into it but i guess i haven't necessarily looked at it myself i think that uh the aggressive nature of autoplay ads on websites whether it's uh or autoplay videos of any kind really uh, of, of and, and audio and all other stuff i think that stuff is bad enough uh to where i feel like what they are doing with chrome makes a lot of sense and if there's casualties along the way um that's i feel a, like sites bummer, will but we'll have to build around that but I, you you have to be ready for that going in and making web-based yeah games like especially now you know being like you can look back at shockwave and and old like right. flash stuff and see how they've had to adjust and even stuff like homestar runner you know yeah, had yeah. to had to adjust and it's a bummer but it's for the greater good yeah, I, I feel like uh, none of the changes they're making have necessarily been like net negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that stuff that stuff's been good for the internet uh, overall. But yeah, you're right. There are there are examples that you can look at and go like, man, that that sucks that this happened. Like, you know, there are people out there trying to archive Flash games and stuff like that before they go away because Flash is obviously uh, not the format of the future. Um, and so, but you can obviously you can still install it and use it if you so choose. Uh, and I feel like that's how autoplay videos will probably go down it's just like here's a flag in the browser that lets you turn on autoplay videos across the board or just turn them on for specific domains and and that sort of stuff and and it'll work that way i I would assume that would be the case actually but i but i guess i i have not looked and also like i recently started trying to use firefox instead of chrome to give that a go and that's been going okay but 
Hangouts is completely broken on Firefox right now, and that's a hassle. Um, Incredible, incredible E25, incredibly E25 says, what's your take on the master system? Is more powerful and capable than the NES and was able to do some 3D as in Fantasy Star, but most people I know in the U.S. have never heard of it. How do you think that panned out back in the day? You ever mess with the Master System much? I've never, never yeah. really. Yeah, it. I had one. It was cool. I I got one and immediately regretted it because I thought the games were kind of weak um, at launch or, or when I first got one anyway. And I remember, like, basically it was the choice between buying a new system and a couple of games or getting a bunch of NES games. And I decided to get the Master System. And there was a period there where I was like, man, I fucked up. Um, but over time, like, there, there were definitely games on the Master System I really liked. I, I think uh, I like the the music on that thing. I think it's capable of some good stuff. Um, you know, they were trying to do arcade ports and st- some of that stuff didn't come out so well. Like that master system version of space harrier i was just playing the other day it's fucking rough just on the frame rate uh you know stuff like outrun and hang on and stuff like that, that so, came out there too so. so where does that other power come through like where is it better it's like a, a, a deeper color palette okay. or something but like i i feel like in most cases you wouldn't really in, in when it comes to the software you wouldn't necessarily notice that it was a more powerful platform um i don't i don't think that necessarily comes through uh and so, I don't know, I had one, I eventually grew to like a handful of games on it, but it, you know, it didn't have a ton of games overall. Uh, it was okay. It was fine. Uh, you know, the, the Genesis was, was obviously like a much stronger platform for, for Sega. Um, but it was, you know, it was more powerful, but it didn't have the thing. I, like, I, I feel like this is time and time again, I started thinking about the Xbox One and kind of where it is in the market and you know, with E3 coming up and like, oh, what are they likely to announce and all this other stuff? And it, I realized that like the Xbox One X is now kind of in the same position as um, as the original Xbox, where it's a more powerful platform, but so many people have chosen the technically weaker but better supported platform. Uh, well, better supported. I mean, m- most third party games still come out for both. It's really not not an issue, but. It seems like the mind share has definitely shifted in Sony's direction. You know, they're selling more consoles uh, than than Microsoft is, and and all that sort of stuff. To where you look at it, and on paper, you're like, "Well, you get an Xbox One X; it's more powerful. Why wouldn't you get the most powerful one?" And you go like, "Oh, well, a ton of your friends may have moved over to Sony from the 360, and and now they're over there now. So, do you want to play with them or not?" And you know, like all these sorts of other things uh, that that have made it so just having the most powerful machine on the block doesn't like maybe isn't enough anymore. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> um, or it kind of never was. And you know, like that, that's time and time again. Um, I feel like that's, that's kind of borne out. The master system uh, is a, is, is maybe an early example of that, but uh, you know, certainly the Xbox compared to the PlayStation two, um, you know, the, the dreamcast compared to the PS one, but, but maybe not to the PS two. It's a weird one. It's a weird example, but um yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I am really looking forward to seeing what Microsoft has to say about their plans for the next year and stuff like that. Yeah, we had a question um, for, for a call-in, but I'm going to kind of paraphrase it here since we're already talking about it. Um, they mentioned that Microsoft has come out and said that you know this is going to be one of the best Xbox 
uh, lineups, like the best time to play Xbox, with you know, bouncing off their most. Because right. last year the cell was this is the most powerful console ever, and so now their follow up has cell has to be like these are the games that are going to take advantage of that power exactly and kind of like but they're in the caller have no clue what they could possibly be bringing exactly um and and that's why it's so interesting i think they've got nowhere to go but up on a lot of that stuff um but they could just as easily not announce enough interesting stuff and kind of just kind of stay the course too i don't know like will they be announcing a bunch of things that come out this year have they been quietly lining up a bunch of games and and first party releases and stuff like that that will kind of help differentiate them from from other places? Like I, I feel like, you know, do we see a Halo? Do we see a Gears? Is that does that matter either way? Like I don't know, I don't know anymore. It's, it feels like too soon for another Gears. It feels like the right time to announce a Halo, but maybe not the right year to release one. You know, there's the talk about, are they going to bring Fable back to that other studio that Playground opened up? You know, Forza Horizon seems like a lock. Um, Crackdown will probably come out pretty soon here. Uh, If their plan is for succeeding is bring back Fable. Yeah, that's not a that's not a great. That's not a great pitch. Maybe the game is it will be a great pitch. Who knows if if it does indeed happen. But I. I just, uh, I, I wonder, I could see it going a multitude of different ways. You know, when we talk to them about kind of how they view their portfolio and their place and stuff like that, and, and on some level you're like, oh, of course they would say this, but they seem very focused on their own thing and not like the competition, um, which is probably smart. You know, they, they've they've had a lot of things over the last couple of years of just like, oh, there's stuff in our own house we need to clean up and get right. And I feel like they've done really well with that stuff. And paved the way for insert names. Halo yeah. Six. Well, yeah. I mean, but insert like like that's not enough. Like it needs. Yeah. Like what's the exciting and new? We need the next Halo. We need the Halo for the next decade that isn't just Halo or something. I, I don't know. But then they when you know they announced all those other games that one year, Scalebound and Phantom Dust, and you know they 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 tried to have a big showing, and a lot of those games didn't pan out. And some of them got canceled and stuff. So, uh, you know, like I, if they announce so much stuff that's not going to be out this year and might not even be out next year, like it's, it's hard to buy it on some level. You know, I feel like they need something now. Maybe they'll make another breakdown. Yeah, they'll buy that up from, from Namco and just go like, look, that's maybe, maybe that's why it came out on backwards compatibility. Yep. They, they went out and they bought breakdown and, <clears throat> and here we go. They say if anyone covers this and does a video on it, it will consider it a success and make breakdown too. Yeah. And then whoops, we did. And it. Then, oh, oh no! Now this breakdown too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's it's uh, it's an interesting time for uh, to be a gamer. Sure. <laughs> uh, Pytown guy says I haven't really seen anyone talking about this, but a guy on a Microsoft official stream was wearing a clear Gears Five shirt. Yeah, well, it would sure, make, it would make sense, I guess, for them to do it. But also. I, it used to be Gears Halo, Gears Halo. You know, they kind of had a, a, a cadence and a rhythm worked out with that stuff. Uh, I feel like there was a good long time between Gears 3 and Gears 4. And sure, Gears Judgment came out in that time frame, but we try not to talk about Gears Judgment around here. Um, and as a result, like that felt like the right time for more Gears of War. Now feels significantly too soon for more Gears of War, but that probably says more about me and where I'm at with Gears than... I honestly forgot they made Gears 4. 
It's good. It's, it's good. Okay. It's good. All right. Yeah. Sure. It's a, it's a gears. It's, I never played gears. All right. Yeah. It's it's fun. You, you know. Yeah. These guys are thick. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever saw a uh, hacked up or hacked Xbox. Mm. It, my friend was playing gears on it, and he's like, "I can't play it online because I fucked up and can't connect this to the internet at all ever now." <laughs> weird <laughs> and i was like oh this seems not worth it i've n- i've never actually seen a hack 360 other than videos online of people like loading up weird cheats in the middle of a black ops match and i'm totally breaking the game just weirdly fascinating fucked up shit like that you want to take a call yeah let's take a call all right we've got a caller on the line hi caller what's your name and where are you hey this is silver from wichita hey silver what's on your mind uh, so recently I'd been thinking about, uh, some stuff I've been talking to my wife on, uh, mentioned before she's deaf, but, uh, we played through a long time ago, uh, Half-Life 2 with the co-op mod. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Half-Life 2 was one of the first games that I know of that had true actual captions, like capture the vo- voices, capture the sound effects, all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, they even mentioned when like music cues were happening and outside of Valve games, I don't know that I've ever seen that happen again like ever um has there been any big changes or any examples of accessibility options whether it be colorblindness or, or anything like that that uh you've seen done really really well and then never used again i mean half-life 2 was 14 years ago right uh, yeah oh man. also side question is yeah. there ever going to be captioning for gb content hmm. yeah uh thanks for your call yeah um, thanks guys you know we looked at uh, we would love to do captioning um, we, we looked at it at one point, uh, for a variety of reasons and it was, uh, prohibitively expensive to do. Um, and, and it was, it was, uh, which sucks, which really sucks. Like you think um, by now there'd be a yeah, it's, better uh, solution for that. It is really expensive to go start going down that road. Um, uh, but it, it was something we talked about. It is something that definitely comes up and, 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 and I would love to do it at some point. Um, I I feel like there was a game I played recently that because I, I always turn on captions in games, um, when I play them, and I there was something I played recently that I remember doing a couple of sound effect cues. Was it does God of War do it? Hmm, I don't know. I'm trying to remember it, or if it, or, or like it, it at least like uh, acknowledged nonverbal dialogue. Yeah. Um. Or like. Was it God of War or uh, shit? The only one I, other one I could think of, uh, but he mentioned his battle games was Left for Dead. Uh, that was really good about it. Um, any game where like audio is really key, like Hunt Showdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, any game where audio is really key, I think it's super important to have like very clear subtitles. I, I feel like that's very underutilized. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Colorblind support, I you know, uh, Python guy says colorblind support has, has gotten way better lately. I don't know that I agree. I feel like most of the time when I turn it, like most games, it's just a checkbox. Like turn on colorblind support, and that never does anything meaningful. Um, and there are there are a lot of different types of colorblindness that are very different. Uh, and and so as a result, like you can't just have a one size fits all checkbox for that to work. Um, and most games that just have a checkbox don't actually do anything yeah. for me. It, it never solves the problem. 
uh, Titanfall two did a good job of that. Um, I feel like the battlefield games and, and some other shooters have gotten better about like specifically saying like, which type of colorblindness do you have of the, of the big three? And that's at least a little bit better though. Honestly, I would almost rather just have, uh, sliders for color stuff, uh, in, in those situations. Like a turn on colorblindness support to, to get it most of the way there, but then also be able to lightly adjust it myself after the fact would is probably the the actual thing. Yeah, because you there. have to imagine like the way they technically handle that is with like color sliders. Yeah, uh, you know they just kind of turn on the colors and and that sort of stuff. Uh, I wonder if there are ever ever games that you know worry that like that might be cheating or you know if they're like oh you know and and you say like hunt showdown and subtitles in that and you know, being able to hear things off in the distance and where they're coming from is such a key part of that game. Like can subtitles really like if you were to do that, uh, really well so that people that couldn't hear could still get that information. Would you have people who can hear just turning it on? Probably. And would that be a it'd level an, the an playing advan- field would that, or would it be an advantage at that point? Yeah. I guess it would level the playing field if everyone turned it on, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it's a, that's a it's fucking tricky. Some, somebody in the chat pointed out, and I have heard this from multiple people that Fortnite's color blind options are actually really good. Hmm. Um, I bet that stuff's just built into Unreal Engine at that point, mm. like that they just like oh yeah. Um, uh, and uh, let's see, uh, Dark Dark Aileron, uh says that Last of Us might have done um, oh uh, uh, yes. subtitle stuff. Like, they did like good good subtitles. So maybe Last of Us Two will will follow in that uh, in that trend. Oh, that's right, Destiny. Yes, uh, yeah. Uh, someone pointing out that the the filter ones are garbage. Like, yeah, Destiny is another game that has a good uh, the colorblind options are are good there. Uh, games that like loot, colored loot, and stuff like that are always uh, a little tricky sometimes. Um, let's see. Grado says, do you see a point in the future when Microsoft adopts the concept of a Steam machine? Seems like a logical next step with their Play Anywhere program. I could, well, I mean, it wouldn't be a Steam machine. You know, it's not going to be some Linux-based thing that runs Steam. But, yeah. Like, what is Microsoft's hardware plan from here on out? Uh, If you think about hardware and and what they like about hardware as being like, it's here's a closed system that you don't have to fuck with it. You buy it, you plug it in, you, you turn it on, it goes. Like, they've already got Windows 10. I mean, whatever. When did the Xbox One runs on Windows 10, basically. So they've, they're already building that sort of stuff. I think the thing is, is do you do a lockdown version of Windows 10 like that? And Or, or would people notice? I guess the thing is, aren't they already kind of doing that with Windows 10 being the basis of, of the Xbox One um, in a way that is convenient? Because you wouldn't necessarily want like, oh, I got my Xbox One and then I flipped this toggle and now I can plug a keyboard and mouse into it and now I'm looking at spreadsheets. Like, I, I just don't think that's... It's not why you buy a fucking Xbox One. You don't need to do that with it. So, you know, but but would anyone notice if they... if they did? Um, but I guess the thing is, is like, do they ever get to a point and, and would developers... I feel like third-party developers would not be down with this. If they were suddenly like, oh, our machine's just a PC. Um, and or or even if they were like, let's say, let's say E3 rolls around and they come out and announce, all right, all Xbox One games now run on PC. <laughs> um, 
regardless you know you stick sure. stick a disc in or you know or, or or whatever like there's it's not that easy but like let's say they they did that work and you put a disc in your drive assuming you have a drive or your digital games all come over or whatever and they just run the same stuff meaning like it might not be as powerful as the actual native pc version of the game because it was originally built for an xbox one I feel like there's just enough people buying multiple versions of a game that a third party would be like, the fuck you're going to let people play that version of our game on this other platform? We're selling it on fucking Steam over here. Get out of here with this shit. Uh, it's kind of funny that uh, they'd just be, at that point, Xboxes would just be Steam machines. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what he was saying. Is, yeah. is, you know, uh, is, is it something like that? And. And I think there's something to be said for just like putting together a device that is even more off the shelf and that yeah. sort of stuff, or, or might even be lightly upgradable that lets you out of the gate. What if out of the gate, instead of like this whole like two years later, three years later, or four, whatever, saying like, here's the Xbox One X. What if at launch, they were just like, we got three different versions of this thing. And this one runs better what at 4K than this other one does. Get whichever one you want, but just know that like, if you buy the low spec version, it's going to be a lower resolution. The frame rate's going to be a little bit of this, and the texture is going to be a little bit of that. Like, I wonder if that would matter, uh, or if it would make a difference. You know, maybe maybe they're just like whatever. People will buy the high end version anyway, or we only really need two versions, or or whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer for Microsoft is. I don't. I don't know what the right answer for console hardware is. I, I think you know, like we talk about it a lot, and I think there's some people go. I've seen a couple of people like, I can't believe they're confused about what consoles will be in the future. And this is like fucking dumbass. Like it's a, if you don't see that things have fucking potentially changed and that the future is a little more wide open than it was five years ago, yeah. then you're not paying attention. Yeah. Uh, because I think there's a lot of stuff that can happen around this stuff now that like, Oh, we're, we're settled on the basic architecture. Like you could try and fight it, but pe that's just people are always going to keep trying to find workarounds. Like just yeah. other competitors will start to offer an easier product. Like there, sure, there's so yeah. many ways that that backfires on companies. Yeah, you're right. I guess on that on that front for sure. But you know, when it comes to just like what are consoles going to be in five years? Like, yeah, it might just be the same shit, but it doesn't have to be. And they might continue down this road of these half steps and and all this other stuff. Um, I, 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 go, I go more down an iPad like direction with stuff. I, I probably can foresee some more smart home integration as as like other as just the houses move forward, like appliances and stuff. I guess so. Move I forward Xbox integration with your fridge. Yeah, now you're talking. Yeah. So uh, like, you a, know, when you... A refrigerator-cooled Xbox. Yeah. You buy an Xbox, you put it in your fridge to keep it cool. Or you just put your uh, Mountain Dew right in the fridge and it can scan the codes inside yep. the fridge Smart. so you don't even have it's to connect integration built into your refrigerator. That's right. So have you ever seen what the bottom of a Mountain Dew can looks like? Yeah. You, you will. When I crushed it on my head. Okay. Well, all right. I haven't crushed a can in years. I'm scared to now i crushed a can last night but not with my head mm. yeah same deal like that's not a don't do that i mean i know you can just dent the sides and it just kind of goes right in but fucking don't my favorite trick was standing on them and then have somebody flick oh, them yep that always, that's fun too yeah um so yeah i, I don't know like uh we'll, we'll see how stuff goes I, I i think uh the the architecture stuff coming around all this x86 shit and and all that kind of 
solve some potential problems, but only if it makes business sense. Like there's a lot of simpler ways they could go with consoles and what consoles are and what consoles are compared to the PC and upgradability and all this other stuff. But if the business says, actually, it still makes the most sense for us to sell this closed box and then sell an upgraded version of that box four years down the line and so on and so on and so on, then they'll do that. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll, the, the, the tech capabilities are all over the place. It's just a matter of like, what do they think will actually make them the most money, yeah. make the biggest splash, all that other stuff. So, right. um, so yeah. You want to take another phone? Let's take another phone call. It's not really a phone call unless they're using discord on their phone. I, I guess that's know. technically a phone call. Yeah. Hello, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Max from Indianapolis. And I actually did start off on my phone, but then did the whole PC thing. So oh, that's heavy. technically almost a phone call. Wow. Technically almost a phone call with Jeff and Ben. Here we are. There's your, there it is. We did it. Yeah. Max, what's on your mind? Hey, so uh, every game these days seems to have like some flavor of an RPG element. And is there like, is there a game that started that trend in your mind? Modern Warfare. I mean, yeah. not certainly not the first, but in terms of just like popularizing the idea of bringing experience points and and perk, you know, like like loadouts, like you know, you're equipping stuff on yourself, like like in terms of of modern era popular versions of that. I think that's a big one. Um, yeah, no, and it's interesting that it spawned from the multiplayer side as opposed to the single player side. Yeah, I think it's that, and and like Diablo, I would probably say are like the yeah. You know, uh, Diablo being you know probably really more of an action game, but you know, mm-hmm. then you, when you when you thought of role playing games when Diablo came out, you did not think of Diablo, um, right? But the the definition of role playing game has shifted so much further in that actiony direction uh, because of what Bioware's done, like all these other companies have done to push away from kind of the classic computer RPG. Um, mm-hmm. That that stuff's just kind of been shoved in that th- direction and. I think people like progression. People like to feel like they're accomplishing something no matter what they're doing. It makes them feel good when the numbers go up. And I think Modern Warfare is the the big, huge first example, or not first, but big, huge early example of that that led to people looking at more and more RPG elements and going like, how can we stick these into our games? Because it, it, it makes these games stick in a way that they weren't before. So do you see a time in, in the future where that becomes like a breaking point to some folks. You start to see it. I mean, like PUBG is, is kind of pushing in the other direction with that stuff, you know, like, like Fortnite a little bit though. I mean, the battle pass stuff in Fortnite is kind of like a substitute for that. It's like a cosmetic, you saw progression without actually progressing a character. Right. But you know, like lawbreakers, like you saw all these shooters, like, or you saw people trying to bring back the arena shooter and, and not have relevant, like gameplay relevant things you equip on a character um, you know, just more like cosmetics in a free to play game or something like that. And you saw that sort of stuff start to happen, but I feel like it hasn't always happened in a really huge way. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, in the case of stuff like lawbreakers, like players kind of rejected some of that stuff. I think players like that form of progression and maybe there will be a breaking point, but I don't think the companies that have tried to buck the trend have necessarily done it just yet. Cool. Right on. Hey, right. thanks so much, fellas. Yep. Thanks for your call. Bye. Um, someone asking, is Diablo not considered an RPG? Like, then no. Then it was, 
like I like I mean, well, it was considered an action RPG, which was not hardcore. It was for kids. It was over here. It was wildly popular, but it wasn't Baldur's Gate. It wasn't you know like the yeah. the, the computer RPGs of the day. It was very much in the other end of that direction. Yeah, it was Blizzard trying to make something accessible. Yeah, and and now you look at it and go like, oh, this I guess this is just an RPG. But even still, like it's it's kind of not. Yeah, kinda, I, I, in the in the pure sense, uh, I wouldn't necessarily. I used to have nightmares about the butcher. Honestly, like because I, I started playing that, you know, yeah, in like public libraries. Mm-hmm. So it would be spooky. like the butcher just like cutting books in half. Like was it was the library ever a part of it? Oh, <laughs> uh, sure, I'm sure it was. Like maybe I fall through a portal into a Diablo through a computer. Um, sometimes it was. The butcher would come up to me at the bus stop across from the library and be like, hey, do you want to come see a baseball game? And I'd be like, no, thank you, sir. Why don't you? Just, the butcher just was well, looking for friends. That's what he says. I, you know? I personally don't trust somebody named the butcher. What if it was an actual butcher? Who named himself the butcher? No. What if you just like, oh, we got to go down and see the butcher and get some leg of lamb you know or we gotta get some ham hocks i don't know what do you get from a butcher meats 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 we gotta go pick up some meats we We gotta gotta go pick up some strange trim yeah okay now you're talking uh that's my favorite stuff uh we gotta go see the butcher then we gotta go see the butcher um let's see here uh your papoose says what are some games that you turned on to that that you all turned on the hardest. I loved Hearthstone, but recently I can't oh, stand it. I've, that one, I get some. I every once like every I feel like ten days I see somebody I follow on Twitter just like decry Hearthstone publicly. Yeah, it seems like they have made some questionable choices on that game lately. Right. Yeah, it seems like that maybe met in the middle. Like people were ready to give up on it, and then they made some changes that yeah. people were were definitely not down with. Yeah. Um, I. Not to just stick with Blizzard a bunch, but it's on my mind. Uh, Overwatch. Hmm. Like, I guess I wasn't necessarily, like, ever really deep into Overwatch, but it was definitely, like, I hit my point with it where I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to play this game ever again. And uninstalled it, and that was that. It was, like, StarCraft. I was really into StarCraft, and then just one day I was like, I don't think I like this, actually, and, <laughs> and stopped. Yeah. Um, Street Fighter Five sure yeah for me that was for me the street fighter 5 thing was pre-release when it was very limited access to it at going to an event or seeing it here and there i was like this seems really cool i'm glad they got rid of the focus attacks and 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 all these ideas seem really cool the v triggers all the all the stuff seems good yeah and then i played a lot of street fighter 5 for maybe the first month and then less and I think by then, like even in spite of thinking that it was like a poorly released product in terms of just like feature set and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I guess like by month two, I was probably just like, all right. Nope. I actually ended up playing a little bit of the newest character. Um, and she's also got those like simple commands like Ed where it's like forward and two buttons oh, right. or down and two buttons yeah. as opposed to she doesn't have any sort of quarter circle moves except for her super uh, it's kind of neat. I, I, I appreciate that style of character um, because uh, I was playing with somebody who doesn't really play fighting games and mm-hmm. they were just like, I, this is, I can pick up, I can pick this up and feel competent and 
the char- like Ed was never broken or overpowered. Like people weren't just winning right, nonstop yeah. with him. So it seems like they balanced it fairly well, which is good for them. Like having yeah. those types of characters in their game for like the people who occasionally want to play Street Fighter but don't want to like hit the training mo- room over. For and Smash over Brothers again. players that can't play a real fighting game, is that what you're trying to say? That's, for, that's for, what I'm hearing when you say that. <laughs> for my Smash friends, yeah. <laughs> When you when you want to try to get your Smash friends into a, a proper fighting game, a real video game, a real a real yes, uh, as Ben said, as Ben Pack said <laughs> on Twitter, Pack Ben Pack said, a real video game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently the this Underhallow mode, uh, according to Venom Snake Six here, Underhallow the Dota mode that just got announced is kind of a battle royale mode. Oh, Mobu- <laughs> wasn't there just some other MOBA that was just like, we're doing a battle, battle right? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, I- they teased it. They're like, hey, check it out. Come in soon. And it was a picture of like two of their characters falling through the air onto an island. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I, I honestly, whatever sounds like Dota fanboyism, maybe, but. I think a battle royale mode with Dota mechanics sounds really cool to me. Just like something where I'll drop in. I don't have to worry about farming for a really long time. Right. And it's just technical skill. And when I'm dead, I'm dead. I don't know. That sounds like a nice... Like, if it's something I can just quickly hop into, play a couple of rounds with... They they recently added a bunch more dedicated servers for their custom games. Like, custom game shit went tanked uh, pretty oh, hard. Huh. Uh, but they have been very slowly trying to bring it back. And if this is comparable, I could totally see this as like a good warm up. Because sometimes you want to just like you know, if you haven't played in a couple sure, days, just yeah, yeah, feel just like go through the motions yeah. and just do the thing. And before uh, it was overthrow, which was kind of a like team based team deathmatch. And and if this is like as good as that, I don't I don't see why I wouldn't enjoy playing it. Yeah, the battle pass stuff just went live before this and so i'm gonna go home and spend whatever fucking 40 dollars on battle pass shit that sounds good in addition to the four dollars a month i'm already spending for dota plus which i think i'm gonna unsubscribe from Hmm. honestly at this point it's not adding the i'll I'll buy one of the skins with all the bits i've collected yeah um look but but Okay, if you're going to buy the Battle Pass mm. and Dota Plus subscribers get basically a coin oh, doubler right. while the Battle Pass is active. Okay, once the Battle Pass once is over. Once the Battle Pass is over. I feel or like I've gotten to the tier that I want to. Yeah, that seems like that would be the time, I guess. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Let's see here. Uh, let's see if we got anything else. Um have you ever had a specific game sell you on a genre, one that you didn't enjoy before, but suddenly it clicked? And importantly, you could now enjoy more of the genre, not just that game. Yeah. Has there been a game that just like got you into a genre and suddenly you were like, oh, actually, there's now this whole world of other games maybe open up to me? The first time I played my first Fire Emblem, mm. I was not into strategy games at all. Um I had played and kind of enjoyed Tactics Ogre for the Super Nintendo, but right. it, I wasn't like I didn't like it enough to like think about it really. I just like liked the idea of it. I think and mm. never beat it. But then once I played my first Fire Emblem, I went back and started playing Advance Wars. 
a um, couple more Fire Emblem games, like that was definitely the one that set me off on strategy or that style of strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think about uh, the original XCOM. Oh, like yeah. Like the first release of XCOM back then kind of opened a door to that type of strategy for me for a while. There were, uh, I'm trying to remember what came first because Jagged Alliance was also out around then. Or Jagged Alliance was definitely in that window. I'm just trying to remember which was the game that actually started came first and, and got me into it. Uh, there was, you know, like when when Command and Conquer and Warcraft came out, like those were both, or, or actually, yeah. I guess when Dune Two came out, uh, the game that they did before Command and Conquer, like I was all the way in on RTS games for a while uh, up until Warcraft Three came out, and then that that was the game that broke me on the genre kind of forever. Mm. Um, I was about to say the opposite. <laughs> I remember getting really into Majesty, which was a PC game mm-hmm. that I believe Dave Snyder was a champion for. Yeah, um, sounds like it, it, the name alone sounds like something it, that Dave is playing right now. It was really weird. You couldn't you couldn't control your units, but rather like based on what type they were, they would behave in certain ways, and you can also set bounties. Okay, uh, on the map, and they would go to bounties depending on you know like how much it was or like rogues would always take a bounty and barbarians would almost never take a etc etc um and then that got me into warcraft which got me into starcraft like a little warcraft 3 specifically um and then eventually starcraft even though that had already been out for some time warcraft 3 just the hero stuff just i couldn't get into it like the hero characters and, and all that shit just just really pushed me away from the game like i played Fuck man, I probably played a thousand hours of Warcraft two, uh, and and probably half that of Starcraft and Brood War, uh, and and you know that was stuff because like you know when when Starcraft came out and Battle.net was there and, and there was just a lot of great easy ways to play online yeah. uh, and and play with friends and do that stuff. Actually, you know what? I'd probably actually flop that around now. That I think about it. I probably played about five hundred hours of Warcraft two and probably about a thousand of Starcraft because the the better online stuff like warcraft you had to do like modem dial-up mm-hmm. shit and i did do that but uh but maybe not as much um and i might even say bloodborne to a certain extent but i guess like the the jury's still out on that bloodborne left me open to more games of that type but as of yet i have not enjoyed another game of that type just yet yeah it's kind of a that one's weird with me because like Demon's Souls was the only one I finished mm-hmm. and like thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That game I thought did a lot of stuff really well and whatever. It, it, got, it got me into, it got me open to it got me to see the value of a game like that to where I'm at least now open to the idea of of another game. If it if it checks the right boxes and, and handles things the right way, not to say it needs to be exactly like Bloodborne per se, but just a slightly faster moving, like 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 that sort of stuff, the right setting, the right time in my life, all that other stuff. Like I would be open to playing another game like that. Here's one Sonic Mania. I think they they could make a good Sonic game now for the first time in my life and I would be happy to play another Sonic game if it was as good as Sonic Mania. See I think uh Sonic Mania came out and I thought this was a really good Sonic game and that checked it off. If they made another game that was as good as that game was, I'd be like, all right, you did it again. Cool. Less interested. <laughs> That's cool that you did it. Maybe I'll what check it out. What if they put a mode in that was like the and Knuckles mode, but it was and Big the Cat? 
Not interested. Why are you the only one on staff who hasn't embraced the love of Big the Cat? I think Big the Cat is bad. Why? Uh, because... Because I like the... I'm way more excited about Sonic Mania plus bringing in the characters from that arcade Sonic the Hedgehog game, like Ray. I don't know Ray. You would, that's right, you will. Is, when Sonic yeah, Mania plus Hedgehog? comes out, you will know Ray. Oh, man, I don't know. Let's look it up. Uh, there was the Sonic the Hedgehog arcade game, which was kind of cool. It used a trackball, and it had characters in it that hadn't appeared anywhere else. Uh, and, uh, yeah, or it is sometimes known as Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, let's see here. Mighty the Armadillo. Yeah. Ray the Flying Squirrel. Oh, they added him. Uh, didn't they add him to Sonic Mania? That's what they're doing. Yeah. Like Sonic Mania Plus is okay. going to have those two characters in it. And I'm pretty sure it's the first. That's the guy who flies like Mario's cape. I think you're I think you're right. I think you're right. It's oh. been some time. Uh, and I thought of one more of these games that has opened up genres. And this was actually very recently. Nino Kuni 2 got me open to the idea that I might like kingdom building games. Huh. I never thought I would give a shit about those. But uh, I've done almost all these stuff in Nino Kuni 2 and thoroughly enjoyed it as a kind of like, I'm going to watch a bunch of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and want to do something with my hands. So I could... Uh, like... Like, uh, like grow my kingdom. Oh, I see. Like okay. uh, make I, my yeah. citizens happy. Oh, I hear you. Like right. uh, raise GDP. <laughs> Whoa, man, that's hot. Uh, I might play Suikoden two. Like specifically Suikoden two. That's or what I've Suikoden been told. As well, no Suikoden two. Okay. Um, I, I had a talk with Mike Mahardy over at Gamespot, mm. and he recommended it. If I liked the stuff in Nino Kuni, if you like to collect all 108 stars, <laughs> those games I reviewed, uh, uh, I one or more Suikoden games, um, back when you could do that sort of thing back before <laughs> everything was so specialized that, yeah, back when you could do so that back when I was also reviewing soccer games from time to time. And I remember enjoying what Suikoden was doing at the time. I think that's going to do it for us here now i have one more question here actually ash bash says cyberpunk has been confirmed at being behind closed doors at this year's e3 what is the point of behind closed doors demos at e3 uh it's that they're taking meetings that's every meeting you take is not out on the show floor like it's hey we're gonna sit down and show you a thing and talk to you about it it's a you know maybe it has time for an interview or maybe they're only showing it to retailers because they want to get pre-orders up and stuff like that but um but yeah, no, the, the vast majority of my time at E3 is spent going to appointments that are, you would technically call behind closed doors, even if the games back there are the same ones that are out on the floor. But in a lot of cases, companies won't put a bunch of kiosks out for their games. They'll just have a running trailer that you can stand and watch if you like, or get a theater experience. Like Activision is always like, hey, we've got a handful of kiosks. And if you go, if you wait in line to watch our big demo, then you come out the other end and we'll let you play some of it. Whereas if you show up for an appointment, it's that on a much smaller scale. It's like, here's a smaller room. You're going to see some of the same stuff. You're probably going to see a little bit more than the stuff we're showing to just anyone who walks up to the booth uh, because you're reporting on it and, and all that other stuff. So we're going to show you just a, a smidge more to, to kind of help, you know, give you the information you need. Uh, 
and then we have a different room where you can play the game that is not waiting in line with a bunch of other people. And and that's how that works with the hands-on stuff. Cyberpunk, they probably won't let people play it. Uh, if I remember how they did The Witcher, it was just like, hey, we're going to get everybody in this room uh, and we're going to show you this demo and then talk to you about it. Um, and that's the full package of information. The stuff they want to talk about, the showing of the game, all that other stuff. Um, that's just that's just how it works. Like E3 is meant for meetings and and business primarily and the show floor is just kind of a byproduct of that uh but most of the people there are there to take meetings with people and you don't meet people on the show floor generally speaking right. um because if it's on the show floor you could just go see it unless you need to get cut through a line if there's like oh we only have it out on the floor but i can i can push you in front of all these people and you will look like a big asshole to them sometimes that happens too you gave secret in a 6.5 okay you said consider it a warm-up for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's me. <laughs> Big Final Fantasy VII fan over here. Ugh. Like I said, this is back back when anyone could review an RPG. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right, it's going to do it for us here. We'll be back next week. Actually, I will not be back. Um, so maybe, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe I don't know, if, if you want to run the after show, oh, if you want to come man. up with alternate plans, you're welcome to it. Or if you want to take a week uh, and focus on something else. You know, I can finally actually put in some things I've been thinking about. Yeah, Made um, an, an enhancement week for I sure. I need to talk to you about that All after right. this. Okay, we'll see you soon. Bye. Pushing gold.